Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Welcome once again, nerdlings, to the Nerdist Podcast number 55. Just a few short announcements before you have to go to class. The Nerdist Podcast Live is at SF Sketchfest this weekend in San Francisco, January 28th at Cobbs with our special guest, Mr. Zach Galifianakis, who's in most movies being released presently. Uh, also, the 29th is the music show at SF Sketchfest with myself and Mike Furman and Garfunkel and Oates and David Koechner. And then Monday, the 1st of February, I will be moderating a panel at SF Sketchfest where we're going to show the movie Airplane. And then uh, I'm going to sit down and chat with the Zucker Brothers. The freaking Zucker Brothers. And Robert Hayes. Ted Stryker. So you've got to come to that as well. Uh, all the information is at sfsketchfest.com. It'll have tickets, showtime, a ton of other shows going on there. Uh, super fun. Also, uh, in March, I'm coming to Chicago, March 16th through the 19th. Zanies. You can find information for that at nerdist.com. And uh, now I'm going to shut up so you can enjoy this show, which has Nick Kroll in it. And this is me shutting up now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Now entering... Nerdist.com Recording, Matthew? Uh, yeah, this is the best view we've ever had for a podcast. There really the tar pits? Turpits? The turpits? Lacma? Uh, no Strings Attached, featuring Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. Whose joke is it that uh, like it's like only L.A. would make a park around a tar pit? Oh, I don't know, but it sounds really familiar. Yeah. But the more important question is, Jonah, uh, can sex friends stay best friends? That's not a saying. <laughs> That's not like a <laughs> that thing. anyone has ever said. Yeah, and it doesn't even roll off the tongue. I no. saw it. You did? I did. And? Uh, I enjoyed it. Did you really? I, I did not think I was going to enjoy it. Um, I am biased because my girlfriend is in it. Mm, mm. Uh, so that of all... Well, that's what we were saying. Yeah. What a great film. And uh... <laughs> no, but, but, no, but here's the thing is I, I also auditioned for it. 
Uh, I wanted to be in it, um, but it is it is funny. It's it's. I've I heard about the script, uh-huh. and everyone was going like, "Holy shit! Yeah, this li- movie is funny." It used to be called. Friends it was with- called Fuck Buddies Fuck originally, Buddies. and then it became Friends with Benefits, and then there was like two other movies and a TV show called Friends with Benefits. So they changed it to No Strings Attached. Mm-hmm. And Liz Merriweather wrote the script, and it, the original script was one of the funniest scripts I've read, bar none. And and the movie's funny. It's like I mean, it's it's a romantic comedy. Is it a romp? It's a romp. It's a rom com romp. Rom com romp. Um, romp. But there's some <laughs> there are some laugh out loud lines in it, and everybody's good in it. Well, uh, that voice you're hearing is Nick Kroll, <laughs> who. Uh, Whose girlfriend is in No Stings of Strings Attached? No, no Stings, Stings Attached. Attached. It's a movie. Oh God, for how, bees it's about, too. It's about how the police broke up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's all from the point of view of Andy <laughs> Summers. Oh God, <laughs> the other, the third guy. Man, I saw them at Bonnaroo. I saw them at Bonnaroo, and you'd never seen three people stand farther apart on a stage. <laughs> and you know what's so funny about that to me is like, guys, you're making one point two million dollars a show. Sting is making one point two million dollars. You don't think? I thought they were all but getting. Well, I thought it was like, favorite nations. They were doing. It's all in loot. They were, <laughs> they were doing their shows, and like Sting kept on going, like it's like all the money we're making is going to these charities, and like it's like that's fine for Sting, the one who's continued to make millions of dollars. But you know, I about? feel like those other dudes sold got some cash from selling those albums. But they looked weird. It's weird on stage because you look at uh, there's the th- Andy Summers who could be Mark Summers for all I know. Right. Um, <laughs> Andy Summers did host Family Double Dare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Stu Copeland. Stu Copeland, who <laughs> now that? looks like a like a like a like a he looks like a dad. I mean, older than a dad. He looks like a young granddad. Wow. Yeah. Who's like taking his like I'm still active. Mm-hmm. I jog. I play racquetball. I take my iron supplements. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks like a college professor. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like so a slightly, l- slightly sleazy college yeah, professor that with at least who's one like girl every semester. Who's like uh, Allison? Come over tomorrow, and we'll do a grass. We'll do grass, and and maybe uh, I'll show you some <laughs> of the poetry I I did with Vonnegut. That's like that sounds like that sounds like Donald Sutherland's character in Animal. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Sting who is perfect, like genetically, who looks better than any of us ever will. Tantric sex, man. Tantric sex. Is, it, is he a vegetarian, or did, did, he, uh, did he slaughter infants and consume their blood? I think so. <laughs> I think he, he, but I, my feeling is like, if Hitler had had Sting, then people would have been like... Okay, yeah. I get it. Oh, no, now, now I see what you're talking about. Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah literally, because he is... Physically, at he's got to be pushing sixty, yeah, like perfect and in, in amazing shape. He always. I, I was just. I, I don't know why. The other day, I was driving around and maybe I was listening to Sirius Radio in the car and uh, and uh, I mean Sirius XM, not like I'm listening to Sirius Radio. <laughs> really, this is serious guy. And uh, and and you know, like the police so, so lonely came on, and uh, I was just thinking about Sting's evolution as a performer. And like those 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 early early police albums, he was this like crazy like wild haired punk, yeah, ba- mm-hmm. you know like who who dressed like the fucking road warrior. Yeah, the Sting box or the police box set, like the earlier stuff, is just straight up punk, like really thrashy, awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And then and then there's like this, <laughs> then there's like the Studio sixty lewd playing 
<laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Did you guys watch that episode yeah. where it's just like, it. and now Sting, and it's just like, yeah. Studio 60. Studio fucking 60. Yeah. I didn't know the, the uh, bass could have you know that many strings. He has like a 15-string <laughs> bass. To... He, that's, there was, by the way, I just saw an episode of 30 Rock with... Um, it's one, I don't know. It was, I don't know if it's from this season or the end of last season where Jenna becomes a producer on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, when they're doing the credits, the last two writers on the credits in the fake episode uh, are Ricky and Ronnie. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It's like their one little joke. It was like I just caught That's it at the hilarious. end. Yeah, That's hilarious. It was so genius. Yeah, it's amazing. They're it's, good at that. Yeah. They're just putting God in a little, damn it. A little something. So yeah. genius. I mean, that, you know, uh, that show. Started to because I I I I like Matt Perry mm-hmm. and that and Studio sixty made me kind of have ne- like not like Matt Perry a little bit because his and it wasn't his fault at all it wasn't his fault at all like he's a he's he's a totally fine dude and he's hilarious but because his character was supposed to be this super edgy comedy writer and the stuff that he would kind of arrogantly stand over like well guys we did it was the worst sketch yeah. writing yeah. ever that was the problem. That's what's so great about 30 Rock, though, is they really just keep on making shots at it. Or is there was that one thing where it's uh, Judah Freelander's arguing with Liz Lemon, uh, or, you know, TFA's character, about, like, it's like, it's like, no, I need four bears. And she's like, are you really trying to bring logic into the robot bear sketch? <laughs> and just like, and, like, I, I love, that's what I love about the show. It's like, it really, it's like, you know, when guys in comedy are just like, it's like, no, it has to be this way. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. the fart machine has to fucking be, like. And, <laughs> that's like, OCD shit. That's all, yeah. that's all obsessive compulsive exactly. uh, comic shit. And by the way, mm-hmm. I know Studio 60 was not a documentary, so I don't blame Matt Perry. I blame Aaron Sorkin. There you go. But I Your did brother's see, dying in Afghanistan. I did see I did I did see the social network a couple nights so ago and it's fucking good. phenomenal. Yeah, it's well that's the thing, is like stick to what you know, which is um, Youth culture. Youth culture. Yeah, I, will, I, will, I will say though, I don't I, I don't think uh, I, don't know what I'm saying. I don't think anyone going to college in the early two thousands would have gotten a towering inferno reference. <laughs> like there, yeah. there were a couple of those where I was like, that's an Aaron Sorkin gem. But yeah. the uh, the karate kid reference was fantastic. I what still I don't that? even think they would have gotten the karate kid reference. The karate kid where it's like uh, when they're just like we should go like one of the twins were talking. Like, oh right, right. It's like come on, well, we might as well put on some skeleton. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, I, I still I don't even think then. I don't think a, I don't think a college kid. I got it. Yeah, but you're not a college kid. I was at that exact time. I was at BU when he was at uh, when he Harvard. when he was tearing did shit you, up. Did over you on feel face the, Did you know about the buzz? Was I did, knew about the. Face was there heat? You hear those blips and beeps when he was walking around was campus? Like, Were you friends with the girl? Were you one of the guys actually at that table? Did you blow him in the bathroom? Twice. Did you? Did you and your buddy? Did you and your girlfriend go in and blow him and wine? <laughs> I Wardo? took a shot in the mouth because those are the times. <laughs> those are the times. <laughs> but those I do think times. that like I I've been thinking about this like those guys. Watching those movies, a guy, like a guy who just watches those movies and takes it as historical fact. <laughs> right. Like, and then Zuckerberg went to that one table and she was angry with him. And so and then, then he that, came up, so then he came up with uh, the dating part of it. Yeah, because, uh, you know, at that table, there was that black guy right there. And, then a, and uh, yeah, he was yeah. not happy. He wanted to make sure that there was no and then a, Yeah, the black guy got angry, so he left. And then he decided he was going to do the whole company. Right. And then, <laughs> so that's when he decided to go beyond the Ivy League. And then, you and, like, and that's um, how my ex-wife tracked me down, and I got to pay alimony. <laughs> and so that... But so I, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. like like a Ray, where it's just like, and then uh, she found him doing heroin one too many times. She left, and then he he had to go out on his own. No, you yeah. think you might be oversimplifying this at all? <laughs> uh-uh, I uh, I saw it in a movie. 
<laughs> I thought I thought they did a really nice job. I thought I, I think Jesse Eisenberg was great. I mean, like everyone, everyone in the movie was everyone's did, really good. Really great job. I was you know I was skeptical of Andrew Garfield at first because I'm like <laughs> Spider Man, huh? We'll see. about I even said to Janet when the movie first started, like I don't think I see this guy Spider Man. He was so fucking great yeah, in Social he Network. Really he played that character so well. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see him as Spider Man. Well, he, he, he plays butthurt very well. <laughs> it's like, we were friends. Yeah, he totally. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> So, so sad. <laughs> he is a, but they they play that very smartly. Where you're like, oh yeah, Andrew Garfield's I'm sure a real loser on campus. Yeah. And then, but they he teetered right sort of in between there nicely of like he was getting socially accepted and the other kid wasn't. Like yeah. it's it was well it was well done. Yeah, I thought I thought he did a, an excellent job of kind of playing the the likable doormat, which is yeah. basically yeah. What, basically what he was. The guy's like, uh. No, I just need all this. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, just like yeah, the rich kid in any '80s movie. He want like he yeah. like he he wants to be friends. Like it's it's that weird thing where like the, where 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 the rich kind of good looking kid wants to be friends with the super smart kids. Yeah. Because yeah. he's had business minded. Yeah. Am I going into this too much? Maybe no, I'm thinking no, about no. this too much. <laughs> but it is, by the way. And the music won. They won the Golden Globe. That Trent Reznor and the other dude. <laughs> Poor Trent other Reznor guy. And the other dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. There is. It is truly like when you hear the intro music or when like an award ceremony. It's like they created an iconic sound. Whatever that like that weird simple three chord piano thing. Yeah. Totally works. Yeah. That was always so funny though. When, like in the Golden Globes when they would announce you know the movie. Winning something and it would just be as yeah, they were going great. up, you know. It's totally worked. I yeah. think Trent Reznor should, should score everything. Let's do it. Let's have Let's him score it. the Oscars. I, I think so. Score the score the Oscars. But only like Trent Reznor for like the style he had during like had like a whole era. And the Emmy for best song goes to Trent Reznor lyrics by Bruce Valance. Head like a hole, <laughs> black as my hole. Um, <laughs> thanks, Myra. Yeah, uh, Nick. Now, uh, I guess I probably n- I've known you about like five five years now, maybe roughly. Yeah, although we met, I remember meeting you at McManus like probably oh like seven eight years ago. Oh my, those, the, yeah, those were the old drinking days. Yeah, when McManus used to be right next to the UCB on Nineteenth yeah. and Seventh. Yeah, I think Con- Sean Conroy. You were your buddies with him, and I was like. I was like just beginning comedy. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna sit in back. Uh, like you know, it was like there was the front of the bar where you sort of like meandered, and then there was like the back where tables. And- yeah, funny how, it's funny how people will sort of find their perceived social place. Yeah, yeah. and it's like oh, I guess I guess we should sit back over there. I don't yeah, know. maybe we'll maybe we don't deserve to be up in the back yet. And then I and then you sort of like make your like a dog like trying to sit in a new room. You know what I mean? Is this cool? I'm not, not I'm so, okay, yeah, this nope. is not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Then you have your friends that you're still kind of starting with, and then like you know, one kid goes and sits, and he's like, "Dude, you fucking sat in the back." Yeah, exactly. You know? I talked to Horatio Sands. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to fat drunk Chris Hardwick. Yeah. <laughs> um, FDH. But I'm thinking. <laughs> but I think that that's what it was. Uh, that yeah. That but that was probably six seven. That seven. was actually like ten years ago, was it? Well, yeah, no, was, I. It was probably where you, you were still because you were like I was still drinking. I was yeah. still, yeah, 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 because that's 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 been off the table for about eight years now. So well, then it was, it was probably about eight years because I I I came to New York. No, that yeah, that would make sense. Eight nine years ago, because Conroy was doing uh, the Hump Day show. Yeah, hump Wednesday night, yeah, night, yeah. The Hump Night show, uh, Hump Day, the Hump Night show at uh, UCB with Eddie Pepitone. Yes, and and I did that show uh-huh. and. Uh, 
and and but you uh, your character stuff, which your your stand up to me is as good as your character stuff, which is maddening because I'm sucky at character stuff, oh. and I always I always abandon it. Because I was just—I mean, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm the guy who's really obvious about everything. Like, oh, they know it's me, and then I'll just take the wig off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, they know it's me. Yeah. I'm just gonna do—I'm just gonna talk. <laughs> no, it's true. Is that what you're supposed to say? No, you're yeah, no. Yeah, my musical comedy is really great, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was probably. I'm wondering what the first show we did was. I mean, I think I just saw I saw you we met there, but then I feel like I didn't see you for probably a couple of years until you didn't. You were in, you were East Coast for a long time. I was New right? York, and then I moved out here about th- a little over three years ago. What are some of the differences between New York and LA? I well, hear there are a lot. <laughs> are they like men and women? You know what? I honestly do miss more more than anything about New York as, uh, and I've just accepted that I will call myself an artist. Is that <laughs> is I really do miss the. Um, New York for the the proximity of like social observation mm-hmm. that I think you that is really what I miss most about New York more than LA. I miss the subway. Like I miss like gathering information on the subway. We're a very isolated culture in Los Angeles. It's really yeah, crazy. Isolated. And I and the other time I get it is like tra- like it's really transit. Like at the airport is like a big time for me to sort of like see what people are reading, what they're dressed like, how they talk to their family, all those things that like we're all pretty in LA, it's like we are truly isolated from one another. We get in our cars and we drive from one place to the next and and I I, I do miss that about New York because I feel like I I gather a lot of information about people that way. And now and you're and so your background is was was acting and then you went into comedy. Mm, no, I was I did improv in college. That's what it was. Yes. In D.C., right? In D.C., I went to Georgetown, and uh, Mike Birbiglia cast me in a sketch show my freshman year. We did a – we did a, uh, a f- I'd never done comedy before. I did a funniest act on campus, mm-hmm. uh, which I bombed horrifically. What, what, what did you do? Um, my bit was that um, I was going to get on stage and say how, like, oh, I thought I'd be so nervous, but I'm really relaxed – and then I was going to have a water balloon and a pin and mm-hmm. pop the water balloon and then piss my pants and be yeah. like, oh, you know, like, ha, ha, ha. Um, but I got super drunk and baked beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that would make me less nervous because I was actually quite nervous. <laughs> and then I so I forgot the, the uh, water balloon and pin and I got to the venue and was rummaging around backstage and found like a, a, a plastic bag. Uh, with a you know like a sandwich bag and took the sandwich out and filled it with water and still like wheat bits floating around inside <laughs> and grabbed a pen and got on stage like God I thought I was gonna be so nervous but I'm really relaxed and then just like jamming the pen into the water bag it just looked like I was like furiously masturbating <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't work at all but Biggs saw the tape of it. By the way, and the tape, you know, in like college, the tape was thrown away or was because some kid who did the act also made some like really racist jokes. And so, you know, in college, everyone's like super sensitive. So sensitive. So it was like the tape needs to disappear because like Brian McFadden made like a black joke. We all need to go home and think about what we've done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, when you start doing colleges, you think, oh, the college kids, they like South Park. You can just say whatever you want. And they'll fucking love it. No. And they are the they are the the tightest. Yeah. Most, yeah. uh, um, if you could just refrain from any racial humor and any like that was the note you get sometimes before. Shows. I got an ooh once because I said like, oh, so uh, you know, I, I was I was hanging out with this uh, this fr- uh, a Mexican friend of mine. Everyone's like, ooh, I'm like, wait, that's his heritage. You can't yeah. say that. You can't say the word Mexican. Not his fault. What? 
That is a Puerto Rican. That in a Thirty Rock, there is a joke that's like, like Puerto. They say they say Puerto Rican, and they're like, you can't, you can't say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's, just, he's just like, no, that's just that's what that's what it is. Um, but yeah, so Biggs then cast me in a group, and or I went and auditioned for the sketch show. The other people didn't want me in it. Berbiglia was like, this guy's got. You know, this guy's funny. And so I did the sketch here, which I'd never done before. And it, it blew my, it, like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like, I never knew growing up that you could, like, be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved comedy. I always wanted think quietly to be one. But I didn't think people actually, like, did it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I didn't know how, like, Mike Myers became Mike Myers. All I knew is I loved Wayne's World. But I, I didn't know, like, oh, you can you can do this. Right. Um and then we saw an Im- UCB came down to um, at the end of the year to George GW um, to do an improv like festival, and their show is about to come out. Um, you know this Comedy Central show. Oh, so it was actually it was actually Matt. And it was Matt, Ian. Ian, Amy, and Matt. Okay, and they were like I remember watching Little Donnie. Do you guys remember the Little yeah, Donnie Little sketch? Donnie movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was like like it was Matt Besser was like a six year old with a huge yeah. cock. Yeah, Little Donnie's disease. Yeah, and yeah. he just like and and I can visualize it because we were about to go on stage and we were behind the screen, and so I remember seeing the screen, you know, like a, the projection of the screen in front of you know in front of me but behind the yep. stage of like his donger like dangling <laughs> on a swing and then i watched them do an ascat like their 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 you know their improv format and like it my mind exploded yeah and so from there we kept doing workshops throughout college um my senior year john mulaney was i cast mulaney in the improv troupe and we became buddies through that and then and there are other guys who did the you know my friend Allison Becker, who's a super funny, is, on, is recurring on Parks and Rec and VH1, all this stuff. And Brian Donovan, who's like, you know, ran a NPR show and does a bunch of VH1 stuff. And a bunch of us ended up performing out of that, you know. Um, and then did stand-up and moved to New York and then started doing stand-up there. What was the show you had with Mulaney? I can't remember. It was called Oh Hello. Oh Hello, and you had the sweaters on. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. That was one of the first, when I when I was out there for about three months in 2005, six. that was one of the first shows I saw. Oh, really? Rafifi, yeah. Oh, man. That was fun. And I did it with, well, I did, did you ever do our show? Did you ever do Yeah, well? I did the Rafifi show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did it. We did Mulaney, it was Mulaney and I, and then before that was Jesse Klein and I. Yeah, I think I did it, I feel like I did it a couple times. Yeah. In, the, in that space that, is it still there? No, it became a vintage clothing store. It did, because yeah. for the longest time, they're always saying, like, Rafifi's going to close, but yeah. then it stayed open for another few yeah. years. Yeah, and then it closed. But that was, like, It was yeah. a fun space. This it was, was great. The, to the other side, then they closed. It was a bar up front, and then in back, and it was, the other show was, uh, I mean, not the other show, the main show there was Invite Them Up. Yeah. That yes. was, like, Eugene and Bobby. Yeah, it was Eugene, Merman, and Bobby Tisdale show, and then, and I remember doing that show for the first time, and being so, ner- like, so nervous. Yeah. And then doing it, and it being, I'm like... I'm not ready. I wasn't ready, <laughs> and I wasn't like I did took you do a year stand-up? off. Did you do stand up? I did stand up, and um, and I was still figuring it out. I mean, for you know, I still like feel like we're all still figuring it out. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that, I don't know if that ends until you die, until you die, <laughs> until you die, or or until you get to a point where you just uh, you just kind of click on autopilot. You're like, ah, I'm just gonna do this same these same jokes, this yeah. same yeah. 45 minutes for years and years and years. Then I think maybe you don't learn anymore. Uh, yeah. But I, but I think it was that you're in that period where you're trying to f- figure out what your jokes are, and then you're either feeling like I can't do the same jokes because 
so and so seen that joke before mm-hmm. before you realize that you need to do the same jokes. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you're like, I've done these jokes for so long, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. That's so funny. I feel like so many young comics make this decision when they start doing comedy, where they they do. I did it too, where I was like, I'm I'm gonna do different material every week because you just number one, you don't understand a how hard that is. Yeah. I think I just said number one and then a. So one a <laughs> a one subset. So so one b uh-huh. uh, is that uh, is that there, there is an actual craft, not just in coming up with bits, but then also like whittling them down and, yeah. and connecting them to other things and yeah. building a point of view. Like that is a whole separate skill set. Yeah, I think it is. Like for me, what I and what I tell anybody who's like trying to do it, and and a lot of my like improv friends or sketch guys who come more out of the UCB than out of the stand-up world who are like, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to, you know, like, and and I think if you want to do stand-up, you have to sort of be like, the beauty is in the edit and the polish. Mm-hmm. Like you have the art, the true art of it, if you're going to find like joy in it is I think in that process of like whittling things down, connecting pieces and just breaking things down to the bare essence of like what they are. Yeah. Um, Cause otherwise it's, it can be maddening. I yeah. think it do. Is it easier because, because you come from such a, like you, you know, you do such great character stuff when you're writing your standup, are you writing for the character of Nick Kroll or are you just that's writing a, jokes? Well, that's the problem I think for me is that I, I found the characters always to be easier because for, for a long time, because it was, it was always like, Oh, I, I know I, I know this character's point of view. Exactly. Or I can pretend to, I'm going to, you know, boil this person down to this, these stereotypical ideas that I have of this kind of person. And for myself, I'm like, I don't know what I think about everything or, yeah. I, yeah. you know, or I'm too, I'm more complicated or I'm not like a type. Um, and I, and so that has been the struggle, I think, um, is to like find your voice or find one's voice. I think, yeah, because um, Kyle Ryan from the AV Club just emailed me and he said they, they were doing a, a piece with you. Oh, yeah. For yeah, AV yeah. Club because he, he asked me, he had heard he'd heard me say, maybe on this podcast or something about, he said, did, did you say that Patton said it took seven years? Yes, they asked me that. They just asked years, me that question. And I said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was Patton specifically who said that. I know... You know, I know Posehn said it was it. You know, like ah, six to six to ten. Yeah, yeah. In uh, *Comedians of Comedy*, he said uh, ten years before he started writing jokes that he felt were like worth him. <laughs> like, like that felt like it was actually him. Right. It took ten years. You know. It yeah. Do, it does. It does. It does take a while. I remember hearing an interview with Leno, and I don't remember what the number was, but he's like, uh, not until after like a thousand sets did I feel like I could start really doing stand up. Yeah, I, I am. Um, Early on, I guess maybe like '96 or so, um, I bombed really. I, I, tr- you know, I, w- I would do stand up Largo. No, no, that's that is a legendary bombing. But uh, <laughs> this this was a bombing outside the uh, outside the comedy community of Los Angeles. But uh, uh, somehow I I became pals with Louis Anderson, and I met him at a party or something, and uh, we didn't fuck or anything. <laughs> and uh, and so he, dude, sorry. <laughs> Uh, and so he said, "Hey, I'm doing some shows at the Irvine Improv. Why don't you come out and you can, do, you know, you can do a feature set." And at this point, I was calling myself a comic, but really hadn't done a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. And so I had a great set the first night. I'm like, "Oh, comedy's easy." <laughs> of course, the second night, I invite my girlfriend and my parents out, oh. and just bombed really horribly. And and so backstage, of course, I'm beating myself up and. Uh, in between my mom going like, I just don't know why you had to swear so much. Right. Like, now is not the time. Right, right. And uh, and Louis said, 
you know, go out and do a hundred shows and then see where you are. Because mm-hmm. you just can't, you just can't, when people say, how do I do, how do I become a comic? You're like, you have to perform just do it. as much yeah. as you possibly can. And then you can take stock after you've done it for a yeah, while. Yeah, I think about it as like, um, I'm like, you have to get on stage, take them, grab the microphone out of the mic stand and put it to the side. That's a big, yeah. And like, once you stop thinking about once you do that without thinking about it, then you're beginning to like be a comic. Yeah. yeah. Unless your thing is you hold on to the mic <laughs> yeah. in the mic center, whatever it is. Like for me, for years, and even still, sometimes I'll be like, I'll be holding a microphone and being like, I'm holding, a, like I'll be doing my set and be like, I'm holding a microphone. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're, you're so aware of it. you're so aware of like how you're doing things that it's it's just muscle memory. I think. I remember uh, a long time ago, um, his Jeselnik, his style in the mm-hmm. beginning was just like you know holding the mic. Anthony like, Jeselnik. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anthony Jeselnik was like holding the mic, kind of like you know, like you know Rollins or something like that. Just like you know, hand on top, hand on the you know, yeah. stem. And uh, he uh, got a note after a showcase saying it's like, oh, he's nervous. He's holding on to the mic stand. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so like he he's he's like, I'm not nervous. It's just like it's a badass way of holding the mic stand. Right. And then so he stopped doing it, and the guy's like, yeah, there you go. There you go. Now, now you're ready. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I, lo- I love. I'm a parasite. Now you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Now I can take credit. Yeah, but it is that thing. I I was listening. This is sort of a separate thing, but like there a Fresh Air interview with Jay Z, uh-huh. uh, which is awesome. It's about as decoded his book, and uh, it was yeah. Terry Gross and Jay Z. Is this weird to be doing talking about another radio? Podcast? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. Uh, what are you talking about? There's no other broadcast outside <laughs> of this one. Um, and it's fascinating. And she's like, you know, little Terry Gross, who I haven't met her, but I've been told. Is like does she have little Terry Gross disease? She, <laughs> she's like I supposedly like under five feet tall, like a tiny woman who is the cool like to me such an amazing like consumer of media, like mm-hmm. really neat. And she had Jay Z on, and she was like, "What's the deal with um, like rappers grabbing their crotches on stage?" Like I have to I have to ask you this. And he's like, his theory was most of the time rappers become musicians like. They, their music leads. So, like, whereas a rock group, they go out and they perform, they perform, they perform, and then if they're really good, they break, and then they're they're huge, and they've been performing for years. Rappers, he's like, the music leads. So they've been sitting alone, making their music, making their music, and all of a sudden they can have, like, a number one hit, and then they start performing. Mm-hmm. And they'll, like, go out and do, like, a summer jam in front of, like, 50,000 people having never really performed before. And when you're nervous, it feels like you're naked, and so when you're naked, you want to cover your... Your interest, your wow, material. That's a, that's a, I, th- I feel like I saw him say that on the Charlie Rose. Did you see the Charlie Rose? No, thing but I, I'm sure that's God his. Damn it, that was so. That was so. Was it great. interesting? Yeah. Until Charlie Rose said, "Tell me about Tupac." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he about there did and Jay Z laughed and he was like and Jay, I think Jay Z's response was the funny thing about white people and then Charlie goes yeah, careful careful oh, uh, and then he said, the funny thing about white people is that you know it's it's Tupac. Not to pack, right, right. So, uh, but other than that, the interview, the interview was. Uh, was He's fu- so it's smart. It's it's super interesting to listen to him, and it, but it's funny to me because Jay Z's voice like quivers. He's like. You know, Terry, it's a little like this. <laughs> and he's so smart and so interesting, but it's yeah. it, it. He doesn't have a strong speaking voice because he's rapping all the time, right? That's right. what rappers exactly. do. They rap. They rap for their breakfast. For them, raps. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
I don't know what brought us to What rhymes with pancakes? I want some pancakes. Like, <laughs> you can't order it unless yeah. you can rhyme it with something. What On was that? stage posture. Oh, posturing. So yeah. just the idea of like grabbing a mic. And I understand that. Like I was always jealous of those guys who got on stage, grabbed a mic or whatever they did, and then stood in that position because it seemed to me like they were settled into mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it was that they did, you know? And I could always... You know, and I still like with 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 the characters. It's always like, okay, this is how Fabrice would hold the mic, or mm-hmm. yeah. and I didn't know until recently with like I would, if I did Bobby Bottle Service on stage, like how he would, and I like finally like thought about it. I mean, sometimes it's so weird with comedy where you're just like, oh, just take five minutes and think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like about <laughs> the set, just a little just bit like before the set. Actually, think about it. Like actually, sit down and think about it. And you'll come up with something. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. It's, it, you, you, it, it's weird how you can outthink yourself into just not thinking about yeah. things. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. Just, just take a breath. Yeah. Calm down. You're not you gonna know that die. joke you do that every night that doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> think, think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Really <laughs> process. Maybe why? Yeah. Why doesn't it work? Yeah. yeah. And maybe try to fix it. Um, would you rather do? You know, if if you're doing, you know, if you're doing a set on on the on a on a talk show or whatever, would mm-hmm. you rather do your stand up or would you rather do your character? I really love doing both. Like, I really, I, I've started to, you know, I lo- I really like doing stand up. Like, I enjoy that. I like not having to hide behind the characters, which it feels like sometimes. That said, I also love doing the characters. There's a lot of stuff that I feel comfortable saying as a character that I don't feel comfortable saying as myself. Things mm-hmm. I can get away with. Yeah. Um, and then I feel especially with Fabrice Fabrice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It just he's vicious and dirty and and there's stuff that I would just never say I would never want anyone to think coming out of my mouth yeah even though it's, you know he's kind of I guess it's like it's like my uh, it's like my uh, the 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 suicide bomber Jeff Dunham's <laughs> oh god Oh, God. Uh, Ahmed. 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 No, no, he's an actual comedian. Um, uh, What is it? Ahmed the. Isn't it? Jihad. Jerry the Jihad. No. I don't know what it is. Jerry the Jihad. Jerry the Jihad. It's some form of uh, taking someone's culture and then belittling it in a way. (laughs) I I made a a little thing online just for kicks uh, that I thought was going to take off, but never did. But it was was a picture of Jeff Dunham and um, the old man. And like uh, I did a, a parody of the um, uh, Fresh Prince uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff thing, and it was uh, um, <laughs> I'm the racist, he's the dummy. <laughs> I really thought it was going to really take funny. off, and it never did. did. I even got the same typeface as the you know. The little... Were you able to? Th- you got you had to throw the 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 puppet out the door. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jonah, it's never the ones that you that you engineer to become hits yeah. online. It's always the ones where you're like. Oh yeah, I just took a shit in the shape of James Gandolfini. I better <laughs> yeah. take a picture of that, and then like you know, That's five million views up. later. When I did a big drill and then a little baby drill with a bow on it, drill baby drill, that did not take off it as much not, as I thought did not, it would. Did not work as well. No. no. Yeah, we. Um, but I, I do feel like it. It was. But I, I do enjoy and really in the the special that. Um, I bothered you about coming on your show to promote. Well, I wanted you to come on the show anyway, so it just yes. worked out that you had a good thing to promote. We had we have been time we have been talking about. By Daniel the way, Crow. if I were a comedy fan, Nick Kroll, mm-hmm. and I say wanted to spend an hour watching oh. perform on television, where when when would I? You be might able to be do able that? to do that. Uh, I my I have a a, a one hour special for Comedy Central uh, called Nick Kroll. Thank you, very cool. 
coming up. <laughs> Sorry. It's weird. I've read it multiple times yeah. online, but hearing it aloud makes me laugh. Oh, good. I'm glad. Time. I'm glad. Uh, that it's uh, January 29th, Saturday at 10 p.m. It's the end of like their day of like stand-up showdown mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and it's a mix of the characters and the stand-up. It's all integrated into one special. So did, did, did you, when you were performing, did you come out as Nick Kroll and then leave stage? And how did, how we, did, um, did you shoot it? Well, the, the, the idea of the whole thing is that it's sort of like a one-man Muppet show. Okay. So it's like um, Fabrice Fabrice is the craft service coordinator at the event. Bobby Bottle Service is the security guard at the mm-hmm. event. Oh, hello, me and John Mulaney are, like, in the crowd, like, Statler and Waldorf. That's a great wow. idea for that's, an hour special. I'd never, I'd never see anyone Thank do you. that. Thank yeah. you. And then Chupacabra is the announcer for the whole evening. Hola, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they, so, um, so Fabrice and Bobby performed live, um, and, and then stand up. And we, um, I think I came out as Bobby um, and then we showed some videos because, and then there's a bunch of short film stuff throughout, you know, of the rest of the, you know, the stuff that wasn't live on stage. So we showed a bunch of that to the audience. And while that was going on, I changed into Nick. Uh, and then I did my whole Nick set and then showed some more videos and then came back as Fabrice. Now, I, and I, you know, I'm not even. I, I'm not even patronizing you. I actually want to see this. Oh, I I'm glad. I actually want to yeah. see your special. It sounds, like, it, sounds, it sounds really great. I like it when in comics, you know, a lot of comics we know just do the, the half-hour special or the hour special, mm. and it's really straightforward. But I always like it when, like, somebody, you know, takes the time to make it actually special and make it look like the, nothing else, none of the other specials. Like, when Dimitri did his first special, he, like, segmented it into, and, like, into a very progressive thing where he yeah. did the stand-up and then he brought out the easel and then he did the guitar stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's a... Uh, yeah, I think I just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it was truly an attempt to just, ha- like, to be like, how do I, what's the most effective way of doing what I, what I think my, what, what I think people like the most? Yeah. And it was partly out of a being like, I do stand-up, I enjoy it, I feel like people like it, but I think people really are going to want this other stuff, and I wanted to do it, and so it was sort of figuring out, and I brainstormed with a few friends and sort of was like, how, how, can, how can we do this, and, and came to this sort of like, you know, this hybrid thing. Um, and I watched people's specials, and like Patton, Patton's last special that Jason Wolliner directed, there were sketches and stuff throughout, and, and Zach's Purple Onion special, um, I really liked it starts with him and Joe Wagner driving up the coast and there was something about like oh I love the idea of the process of it like that Zach like drew up from LA to San Francisco and then it's this very gritty feel of like what that show is actually like and I, I liked that element of like seeing process I guess you know um, and so then it was figuring out how to integrate all these people and you know a lot of those characters are sort of around showbiz in some form or other and so it wasn't insane to get them you know we could ask Zach about that when he does the Nerdist Podcast Live at SF Sketchfest on January 28th yeah (laughs) you guys want to plug anything yeah yeah same thing. Okay. Same thing. Uh, you guys are doing it up there next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing. Yeah, it's, it's Friday, so it's not going to interfere. Oh, so with great. Your so show. it's not yeah, going to yeah. be. So you could watch. You could come to our show. Actually, I think our show sold out. But uh... oh, there's still tickets available for the meltdown with me and Kumail Nanjiani that Sunday. The, that's perfect. So perfect. great. So it's it's a perfect yeah. sandwich. Yep. Start with the Nerdist live podcast. Yep. Then watch Nick Rolls. Thank you. Very cool which, special. Which I think, by the way, will provide because all the elements you have will be perfect sandwich <laughs> meat. Yes. Because there there are yeah. a lot of different. It's more more like a submarine sandwich. Yeah. Because there's a lot of different stuff in it's there. It's like a club. It's a club sandwich. It's a club sandwich. <laughs> it's a club sandwich with like a veganaise. 
Just yeah. Just yeah. Okay. What's All the right. difference, really, when you come down when it comes down to it? What's the difference? Eggs. No, I, I know the, technically. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That, okay. Good. <laughs> but it is eggs. Like all joking aside, it's eggs. <laughs> I know, but if I, 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 I was just saying, yeah. if I were, you know, no, no, like, I know, I totally. But see if it. I didn't know, right, what no, would it be? Of course, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Is yeah. it would just mainly be X? No, no, but like other than that, right? Um, other than the other than that part of it that it came out of an animal, right? So Arizo and vegan A's just mix it together. That's all it is. Mm. By pretty good, by the way. Yeah, I don't miss I don't miss uh, mayonnaise when I got some vegan A's. Oh. Tonight's show is sponsored by Vegan Ace. <laughs> you can still make your own wasabi Vegan Ace, too. I do that sometimes. Really? Yeah. Look at you. What? Mix yeah. a little wasabi in there? Yeah, you know, you can get wasabi mayonnaise, which is great. Really? Or like mahi patties, or if you're making a oh. grilled like ahi burger. That sounds like Hawaiian shit to me. Yeah, man. Maybe it is, Chris. Mahi What's patties. wrong with that? We don't even use that term over here in the contiguous <laughs> states. <laughs> You're not a contiguous statesman. No, I'm afraid. <laughs> just like, this is like what people would do. Like, if we about, you know, if there's somebody we were able to take away all race and religion and you know and, and cultures, and, and that's that those are the kind of things we'd be we'd be yeah. you know, isolating ourselves. Like, those are the mahi patty assholes. Well, it's a uh, original Hayworth, a comic uh, from England. Is this guy who grew up in uh, Atlanta, and like he has this whole thing where like uh, a bit where he comes back home from England. And his like friends are asking him, like, "Oh, is it uh, is it racist out there? A lot of racists." He's all, "No, they actually have something else called classist." Like, yeah. classism, they're like, "What's that?" He's all, "That's a way for people to figure out how to hate someone that looks exactly like them." <laughs> That's funny. There's an old. I was at a museum and saw a Van Gogh painting, um, and it's called the Potato Eaters. And I thought this is such a funny. It was like that was how they would call like poor people in like in Belgium who only could afford to eat potatoes. Oh, also, it's kind of racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like fucking potato eaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone else had the idea that like the reason that people like really like like hate like the you know Latino influx in the country is just that like every other uh, every other culture has had their their you know their coming to America phase. Like you know, yeah. everyone, the Irish came. Everyone hated the Irish. The Polish came. Everyone hated the Polish. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, but then they stopped coming uh, necessarily in huge droves. The thing is, that's never stopped. Like the Latino invade, like you know, like people coming. Is this where is this where we start to get like into the teabagger movement, or are we? That's oh, that's, no, no, that's just, what we're all here for, right? I mean, listen. Yeah. I mean, now that now, I mean, all, since the laughing has stopped, I think I think it's yes. important that we well, recognize I mean, what's I really happening here. Drop a truth bomb on y'all. <laughs> no, but it is true. There's no end to it. Hey, listen. <laughs> No, I, I think that's, I, I, have, uh, yeah. I have I have no, I have nothing against Latino culture. My my Italian great grandparents came here and plopped out eleven kids. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah take that, Mexicans. Yeah. You you just got the Italian <laughs> challenge dropped on you. Eleven. Did eleven. They, and, you were in, is this in like Tennessee? No, no, no. My mother's family is Italian, and mm-hmm. they 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 came over and landed in New York and. And then went to uh, went to Jersey and Just uh, spread out. 11, 11 Italian. I have so many fucking cousins that I've never seen in my life. Wow. Really? Yeah. And uh, it's you know that's what it, basically the Italians when they came over just turned into this crazy pyramid scheme of humans, <laughs> and, and so it's and they have eleven, uh, and then they have eleven, <laughs> and pretty soon it's a hundred million Italianos. Yeah. <laughs> See. My uh, whole family is uh, the half side is Italian and then Spanish. And if you look at our family tree, right at the generation of before my parents or their parents, huge numbers. And then two people, and then two people, and it was just it just dropped off. Right, yeah, killing yeah. ourselves. Well, yeah. I, I I don't know if it's if it's. I mean, I I mean they tie you know birth rates to 
class, I mean, to get it back to class and stuff like that. And I don't Please know if it do. was... It's a comedy podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, a, you know, a question of like, one, who knows how many will survive. Two, we need kids to work, people to work. You know what I mean? And, and I wonder if it slowly goes down the longer it's people are... It's good for country. Coming. It's good for country. Also, I think, I think if, you're, if, you're, if you're working a job every day that's crushing your soul, yeah. you want to go home and fuck somebody. Unprotected. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> really, those the are the point? best orgasms. Am I right, the guys? point if you have anything? That reminds me of the first state sketch I ever saw was, was Michael Ian Black. And it was something like... After a long day of, it was like he was doing one of those two camera commercials. Oh, yeah. right. After a long day of work, I like to go home and have some unprotected sex. Really? Yes, yeah, unprotected sex. Unprotected oh. sex. It's, uh, he says something, and those orgasms feel great. <laughs> There's, and he's got kids. Yeah, Michael Ian Black does have kids, so he literally, he lived, he lived as he preached. It's so funny to think of Michael Ian Black having kids. Yeah. I've never seen his, I've never seen I've never kids. seen his kids or his wife. Hmm. They're real, right? This Supposedly. A, yeah. I've seen pictures that look photoshopped. <laughs> Shopped. No. Pictures are it's not real. Fake. Fake. So what are you are you prefer, are you doing any other shows in Los Angeles this week before I am I'm uh well this won't air this isn't air this isn't streaming, right? This is not streaming. This is going to drop, as it were, on Monday. Great. Well as of Monday, I will have just gone here. I love when you do podcasts because you're like time tenses. You're trying to guess yeah. the time. Yeah. So uh, on Friday, I had went to the gallery <laughs> 1988 and did a Bobby Bottle service was in store. I will had gone to it. Yeah. <laughs> it was to great. <laughs> it yeah, will be great. Yeah, the, uh, the the Bobby Bottle service thing in the at the at the. Um, uh, the Gallery Nineteen Eighty Eight show was pretty spectacular. Oh, the yeah, the vodka. Yeah. vodka? how amazing vodka. is that? That thing. Yeah, the show was. The, yeah, the show, the Gallery Nineteen Eighty Eight. If you live in LA, go check out. It's for a couple more days. Um, it's 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 probably ending pretty soon. Actually, it ends yeah. on the day of your show. It ends uh, on the, the January 29th. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and then uh, I'm going to be in New York to do. Uh, and Bobby is going to be in New York on the 26th at uh, the Hundreds store downtown. Um, Doing a signing some limited edition screen prints and meet and greet, and then Vegas on uh, January twenty seventh. He's hosting Bobby Bottle Service is hosting a nightclub, the nightclub Moon in the Palms Casino. All right, no, you go first. I I really hope comedy nerds come out to Moon to come and see you. Yeah, because it's going to be so fucking weird. Yeah, and then the next day, if you're a comedy nerd and you live in Vegas and you don't want to go to a nightclub. Bobby might be making an actual meet and greet appearance. Now here, here's here's a question that I have for you. Uh, it's sort of the uh, the Belushi conundrum, mm-hmm. right? So what if you know? Would you want to be uh, super successful if you were embraced by not the comedy nerds that you enjoy, but by people who didn't get? The right. actual joke of what you're doing, where they're just like, is that how Bobby Belushi- Bottle Service is fucking yeah, yeah, like after he, he after he played Bluto, that and, was every, it. and everyone was like, oh my god, you fucking yeah. that it, fucking well, guy. Aziz has trouble with that with Randy. Oh, I'm yeah, sure he Randy does. Too, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think like I, I I think as long as you do, and I mean Chappelle like ran into it with, you know, by the way, like we should I should be so lucky to have fans that I don't like. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and I, 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 I but I, I'm aware of that. I think it's like, and it's been interesting with like uh, the league, where I think it's attracted non-comedy fans to, le- you know, like who just like you know fantasy football and like the show. And and if, in my feeling is like, if they, you know, like my stuff, 
on the show and then that draws them to listen to my other stuff, then great. I think it's like, I think the problem for all of us is like when, if you build a larger fan base and then you begin to change your material to keep them happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and you're no longer doing stuff that you think is funny. I think as long as you're doing things that are you think are funny, um, then either those people will continue to like you or they won't. Um, and generally, the people who like Bobby Bottles, I mean, it's amazing. There are times where I've gotten fans, people who are like, I love Bobby B, and I like go to their page, and it's like, they're basically Bobby B. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. they're um, but I think, but I, I'm like, but if they get it and they enjoy it, then like, great, you know? I'm not going to fight them on it. I think you should fight him on it. Yeah, I think Bobby Bottle Service would fight him on it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know what you're saying, and I, and I, you know, it's like, I think it's like if people get it, great, and if they don't, then what are you going to do? Nick and I did the Benson interruption together, mm-hmm. and the previous year we had done uh, John, John Oliver. Oliver's show yes. together. And I think this year for the Benson interruption, when you came in and you high five and you're like, here's to another year of Comedy Central stand up show that's not ours. Or it was like, <laughs> it was like something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, they're in the stable of good enough to be on the show. <laughs> good they're not, to have they're not getting their own. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Chris Hardwick and Nick Kroll. Those were fun, though. The, 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 the Oliver show was a blast. Yeah. And uh, great I, crowd. And they doing a second season. They just did a second season. Yeah, with a lot a, of good people on Amazing. It. Incredible yeah. people, yeah, and incredible maze balls. Yeah, it, it, like it, 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 uh, yeah, it was really fun. And that crowd, that New York crowd, was great at the Skirball. I think. I wonder if they're doing it there again. Did I think they? they are actually. Yeah, yeah, they. It are. was super fun, and and he's a like a very sweet dude, like wonderful a, guy, a wonderful guy. Did you uh, did you have fun doing the Benson interruption? I guess if you didn't, you probably wouldn't say no. I did not have fun doing it. No, I, <laughs> I did. I was freaked out because I was getting ready to do my special, like in within like two or two three weeks after that. Um, and so you know when you build these sets, you can't, especially when it's on one network, you can't have crossover material. So I'm building my hour forty five minutes or whatever it is that's going to be for my special, and then on top of that, they're like, okay, so now build another ten or fifteen minutes of material to do on Benson. That you don't want to burn through your stuff. And I don't want to burn through the stuff that I've been working on for my special, so all of a sudden I'm like, I so I have to go now spend a bunch of sets trying to work out what I'm going to do on the Benson thing. And so that that was really stressful. Um, but they, uh, you know, it ended up being super fun, and I don't think I burned too much material. I did a version of the joke or the story about my first time doing stand-up mm-hmm. and one other thing, and... and um, you know, it's such a, it ends up being such a short set, and with Doug interrupting, you don't end up doing, you don't end up burning that much material. Yeah, and it was super fun. I mean, you know, it's like it was a good, it was a fun night. You know, I, I think I might have told you this, but uh, when I was at UCLA in the UCLA Comedy Club, which was uh, it was not an exciting name. Shoot off of the chess club. It really, it kind of was actually. It was a bunch of comedy nerds, and we'd get together once a week and help each other write material. Um, but in one of the shows, there was a young comic uh, who was gen- a genuinely funny guy named uh, named Ryan, and he he did a version of the pee his pants thing, except he did it for real. Really? So his whole thing was he was going to go on stage and literally piss his pants during a set, and so backstage he was. Uh, just chugging all this like water and beer and trying to get all psyched up for it, and then when he went out on stage, and then uh, you know he did his thing like, oh, I think I'm kind of nervous, and he started peeing. I think the problem was he couldn't stop. 
<laughs> yeah, you can't so, stop peeing once you start. Yeah, especially if you've if you've tried to front. It's load like it. when you're peeing yeah. and then you're like, oh, I gotta take a dump. Like, yeah, yeah. how am I gonna? <laughs> how am I gonna transition yeah. this? Do I have to finish peeing before I can turn around? You have to be really fast. Right. I think you just I think you just drop it right there, like just animal style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just animals, right, dudes? We're just animals. <laughs> Let's just live like animals. You know, eat raw shit, food, shit, shit wherever. Right. But the problem is, like, it just ends up in your pant, like you've. You just drop it straight into your pants. I'm gonna start. Yeah. I'm gonna start a new movement where you can just shit wherever you want, called shit ebbs, which just <laughs> means like. Wait. So I just have a question. Sure. When you pee, yeah. I, I'm trying to think about what I do. Do you just let your pants drop to the to the ground? Do you hold them up? When you go to pee in the bathroom, yeah, I go for a wide enough stance. Of it. Do you widen out so that yeah, the pants so, stay up. so the pants like a black dude? Yeah, I think. <laughs> You know, like black dudes like wear pants so low that they have to walk like cowboys. Yeah, yeah. yeah to yeah, keep yeah. to keep them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They constantly, yeah. constantly have to keep like flipping it back up. Yeah, on exactly. Their, their, their crotches when they perform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These are all observations I've made about them. <laughs> That's why the tea party really blah 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 and blah, guys, blah 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 blah. Do you guys blah, blah. unbutton the top button? Then you go all the way open. Yeah, I just, don't like to. I don't, don't. I don't enjoy using the flap. You don't enjoy just going out the flap. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, don't don't trust it. I don't. I don't yeah. drop my pants like a four-year-old. No, or Bernie Brillstein. That's what he would do. What? And take him off. He would just like he would be in a public bathroom, a urinal, and he would just like underwear and everything, drop his pants to the ground and just pee. You know that that dates back to something that happened as a child. Yeah. Like, you stand there and you pee until you do it right, yeah. and then it just like. Yeah, exactly. I, remember I, was, I was talking. I can't remember. I was talking to Neil Mahoney, and he was saying, "He's like, yeah, I always thought it was just like a, a thing everyone kind of made fun of him for that didn't really happen." And then he went once into a bathroom at a shoot, and it was just Bernie Brillstein at a urinal, pants on the ground. Awesome. Yeah. Well, because I was thinking about that, like the idea pants of your on pants the being on the, on the being you're having your pants on like a bathroom floor is yeah. so gross. Yeah. I don't even like having the bottoms of my shoes on bathroom floors, yeah. much less. Much less yeah. having to put clothing on that's going to touch it yeah. again. No, I really, I really connected with that. With this one moment from Seinfeld where he was like throwing away a belt, and, he, and the lady was like, "What happens?" All oh, when I was in the public bathroom, it, uh, it the b- buckle banged against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> She's also that's the end of that. She's like, "That's the end of that." Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we did a bit on the league this year that Jeff Schaefer came up with called like a bathroom cubby. He's like, once you bring a drink into a bathroom, like. It's infected with bathroom, of course, or like even <laughs> chewing gum because you're like chewing whatever you it's smelled in the, in the bathroom. Yep, yeah, it's, it's in the, the air, air, and then yep. you're like rechewing it. So he was like, he he was like, we, they should have bathroom cubbies, and we did on the show where it's like you have a cubby outside of the bathroom. Where you put your drinks or you put like your iPad or whatever it is, so that it doesn't get infected with bathroom. But the iPad was made to take it to the bathroom. I I, I yeah. refer to the iPad as the bathroom activity center. Well, that's I think the that's like your home at like. Like, are you oftentimes in public bathrooms being like, I gotta take a fucking screamer. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go in there for like 20, go 25. Play Infinity Blade. Yeah, yeah sometimes. I mean, yeah. when I do, <laughs> like, take a screamer. Yeah, I will. Did you ever audition for SNL? I did. Um, three, two years ago. What was that process like? That was, um, Mulaney and I were pitching a movie out here, um, for Tracy Morgan to, to, to write for Tracy Morgan, and and we got a call being like they want you to come in and test, and uh, we were and we were with him, so we got to talk to him about it, which was amazing because like Tracy Morgan, we were we were in between going from producer to producer to pitch it, and we're sitting in his manager's office. He's taking like an afternoon, like not a nap, but just like a little downtime with <laughs> Tracy Morgan, and he's just like, "Lord Michaels is my dude," you know, and then he and then eventually he goes, he's like. Like half asleep, just goes like, 
I will not lead a life of quiet desperation. <laughs> and um, and he talked about how hard it was at first, but how much he ended up loving. And it was really, it was actually pretty cool to be like, we're we're about to embark on this thing, and to be with a guy who'd been on the show and then had you know achieved all this success. And um, and then we we both went to New York and. Um, and I was, yeah, I tested for it, and I felt, like, pretty good about it. So I'm backstage, and there's, like, 25 people, you know, and they bring you down in threes. And, and you're was, actually testing in Studio 8H, right? Unfortunately, it was during the Olympics, so we tested on the Conan stage at NBC at the time, okay. and not, and not. I, I really wanted to walk out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, unfortunately, it was during the Olympics, so we had tested in Athens. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, it, it was during a bus strike. Um, so we, so I get there, um, and you come down in threes, it was me... Liz Kakowski and I. It wasn't Jordan Peele. I'm trying to remember who the third was. One when when I our little our little trio of people, um, and they bring you down in threes and you wait backstage and then like so so I'm I'm backstage. I'm about to go out and uh, and um, the the guy backstage goes um, like the grip, just like a grip backstage goes like he's like uh, you know you look like uh, oh, who did he say. Um, Oh, f- I can't remember now. But he he said like, you know, you look like uh people ever tell you you look like Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. And uh and I said and I made some joke to him about it. Yeah. And he was like, save it for the stage. <laughs> and I was just like and I was like, "Wait, you just you just made me you like you open the door." Yeah. So then so then they're like, "So will the stage manager like, "All right, so I'll call you out. You walk on out on stage. You'll say hello." And then go right into it. Like, don't chat with him, blah, 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 blah. So he brings me out. <clears throat> I go out there. And, and the, the setup, I mean, it depends on, the I think, the year. But oftentimes it's like Lorne Michaels, Marcy Klein, um, who is like, you know, one of his senior executive producers. And then now I know probably now in, in re- knowing more about the show is like Steve Higgins, Mike Shoemaker, two yep. of the senior producers. And then. And then a bunch of the other writers who are there to just sort of watch. And, you know, there's like a cadre of probably like tw- four people at a table and then another 10 or 12 people you can't really see sort of in the back. The Seth Meyers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I walk out there and it's just Lauren at the table. And um, I go out and I'm like, hello. <laughs> and he's like, they're in, pe- um, people are in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, uh, I was like, uh, um, people were, people were freaking out that I was coming out and he was like, excuse me. Oh, and I'm like, shit. it's just, people were super excited that I was coming out. So they had to go to the bathroom and he's like, ha ha ha. Um, oh, no. So I then had to go. So then the stage manager's like, I'm so sorry. Come back. So then I had to go backstage. They basically iced me for five minutes. I don't blame. I mean, it just... Well, I think it was a conspiracy with the grip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like there was all something going on. There so was a bigger Lord, picture. he didn't save it for the stage. He was using it in the back. <laughs> all right, everyone take a bathroom break. Yeah, so, so I waited for like five minutes backstage and then came back out and, and did it. And... um I felt like you know I it was good you know I think like it wasn't it wasn't you know I didn't blow it but I also at that particular time was like you know um they didn't they didn't need me and I, they don't particularly need me now like they had like they had their cadre of like 
30-year-old white guys, mm-hmm. you know, and especially as soon as Sandberg, I mean, I always wanted to be honest, but as soon as Sandberg got, I was like, how many bespectacled, big-lipped Jews are they going to have on the show? Um, you can never have too many, in my opinion. Yeah, I was like, do you want the guy who's going to get you, like, 50 million hits with his, like, raps, or the guy who's going to get you, like, 10,000 with his Upper West Side middle-aged divorced <laughs> Jew who's obsessed with Alan Alda character? <laughs> who do you think you want? Um... But so so then uh, and then Mulaney got a job writing there out of that because uh, he auditioned as well. And does he do a lot of characters or how did he? Uh, Mulaney's capable of doing all of it. Um, but his audition was stand basically stand up that had character stuff involved and and I he was he was interested in performing and or writing um, and I was sort of like I just want to my ego won't allow me to be backstage. <laughs> so um, but it you know it's like I, I really believe like. And all of it, um, uh, and maybe it's because I've been uh, like blessed enough to f- have success. But like, it all happens for reason, for whatever reason it happens. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been amazing to be on SNL, but I wouldn't have done whatever I've done in the last three years if I had been there. So you're saying you think Jesus Christ has a plan for you? I feel like Jesus Christ has a plan, and because I'm represented by Jesus, uh, he's my he's my manager. And he's been great. Oh, you're JCE, Jesus Christ Entertainment. <laughs> Did you ever audition you for SNL? No, I never. I never auditioned for SNL. I auditioned for Mad TV a bunch. Uh-huh. They're, you know, they're based out here. Uh-huh. Um, well, maybe not a bunch, but maybe like two or three years, like in the '90s. Uh huh. And um, when and, it meant something. Yeah. <laughs> back when the show was. Well, anyway. So, uh, I, I, but but that 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 process was maddening. Not to. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it that way. That process would drive you insane because you you know you have you go in and it's a, those, that, those were small rooms. By the way, Caliendo has trademarked maddening. Did, you, did he really? It's his, no, it's his. Uh, those were small rooms. They were very small rooms, and it was just like a like like a handful of people, and you'd go in, and then they'd be like, "All right, go." And you just do your goddamn characters, but then you're si- but you can hear everyone because you're sitting in the waiting room. Oh. You can hear everyone. Oh. Do their characters, and you know, and I'm sure that my characters to them sounded just as awful as their characters sounded to me. Yeah. Where you're just sitting there and like, really loud sports guy, yeah, character, you know, like Maddening. oh, another uh, another Chicago <laughs> lady, yeah. another yeah. Chicago lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but my characters weren't any better, you know. But just at the time, I was I was arrogant about that. So clearly, yeah. you didn't get the job. I did not. I did not. But there is on. something about just auditioning for anything where you can hear the other people's auditions and it's like that's the worst feeling. And you gotta walk back out and look at other people as yeah. you... Uh, yeah. It's the worst thing that can happen to a person. I, there, I said it, okay? It is absolutely the worst <laughs> problem a person can have. Hate, Haiti, Iraq. All, yeah, same all thing. It, yeah. All of it, the same thing. Try an audition in this town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First world problems. <laughs> so what's next after the special? You, you've, you've, you've now purged yourself of all this material. You're gonna go on the road? <sighs> No, <laughs> well, I don't know. Lee got picked up for a third. Lee season. got picked up for a third season. Yeah. Um, so I'll be working on that, and probably in June, and then I'll, I'm working on something else. Um, hopefully before that. Um, so we'll see what happens with it. But you know, I, 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 it's time to build a new set, which is frightening, um, uh, but uh, but also exciting. I think it'll be. It'll, we'll see what it is. But I, it is weird to like you work and work and work, and you build one set and you do it, and then you're like, okay. And and then I've been talking to different people, being like, "Yeah, you can keep doing some of that material. Some people want to hear that material versus like Louis or 
you know, now like Aziz being like, I want to do a new hour like every year or whatever. And like, I'm just like, how do you do that? Now, I think with like Louie, he's a guy who's been doing it forever mm-hmm. and is a genius. And not everybody has to do it like that. His brain is sort of a machine. You can just kind of chuck any topic into it and it'll come out. Louis. Right. Uh, him and I think Paul of Tompkins the same way. Paul's, Paul, yeah. Paul, of Tompkins, Paul of Tompkins wrote the fucking funniest one of the funniest things I've ever read about this a, a recap of the most recent American I haven't yeah, I've heard I've, I haven't read it yet I've New heard York, it's super New York Magazine yeah. it's phenomenal I tweeted a link on my on my if you go to at Nerdist it's on my tweet stream the link to it or you can go on to Paul's P.F. Yeah. Tompkins but it is literally one of the, he keeps he keeps referring to Steven Tyler like Steven Tyler has died <laughs> and, and, at, and at one point he refers to Stephen he refers to Stephen Tyler as a living candle <laughs> that's right Oh, that's really funny, because yeah, I, I um, that's really funny. It's it's, it's a fucking phenomenal piece. Yeah. It's, it's like so much of it, so much of it is uh, it it and 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 it's a sign of a great comic because when you're reading it, you can actually you hear his hear voice, Paul's voice yeah. in your head. That's the thing is like you know Paul and Louis, they're guys whose voices are so clear that they they have such a clear point of view on the world that to build new material is easy for them. Well, it's not easy for them, but I think is like. It's just like they just know they know where they're coming from. Yeah, they yeah. through the filter that is them. That yeah. Is, yeah, my 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 print writing is is I I cannot translate it into stand up. Like it just right. they're just separate. They're yeah, just yeah. separate. My yep. print writing is very wordy, and my stand up is different. And and but but to see someone like if Paul had performed that, he could have done it. He could have done it as he could have done it on stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's what interesting. Like I started a Bobby B Twitter account. Which you know, if you have to see it, it's a at AKA Bobby B. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I, the uh, one of your first tweets, I think, was uh, hilarious. It was the uh, my, I think was it a favorite actor. Yeah, my <laughs> my favorite act. Bobby's favorite actor is Vinny Chase. <laughs> <laughs> um, and today was like like heroes. Like his heroes are like uh, Donald Trump. Uh, what was it? Donald Trump. Giuliani, parentheses, never forget. (laughs) All UFC fighters. And the guy who came up with vodka. (laughs) Um, But it's fun to write in his voice, almost easier than it is to write, like, yeah, like Twitter from is a, another anxiety ridden place for me where I'm like, oh, I got to come up with a new, you know, like, how, what would, what do I think about this? Now, I'm know? surprised that I'm surprised that comedy that that MTV or someone hasn't set up a thing where you go, you know, like panel the Jersey Shore people as Bobby Bottle Service. We they've tried. Oh, they have. Sort of. I mean, I've done. Yeah, I mean, I've done. Yeah, for the like, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't the the like for the the I did a spoofed thing like they they had a show about all the spoofs that had popped up around Jersey Shore yeah. and Bobby informally hosted it like I didn't deal with them directly because um, I feel like with them like once once they're in on the joke it's not as funny yeah no they couldn't be in on the joke yeah but I guess I guess they probably would be they'd have to that's tell the it. problem but I think you know you know we'll see where we'll see where it all goes because if you're doing mm-hmm. comedy near them you don't want them doing comedy too yeah because that just sort of takes away from it to yeah. me and I'm pretty sure they're not sketch performers. Did Snooki audition for SNL? Probably Snooki, not. yeah. Snooki. Okay, you can stop doing that character. <laughs> yeah. What are well, you yeah, talking it was about? Like when, uh, when Palin was on SNL with uh, Tina Fey mm-hmm. as Palin, like, I, I felt that deflated the entire thing. Like, yeah. I didn't, that wasn't like a pinnacle, I think, of the bit. I think that's kind of... I didn't like it. I didn't want her being in on the joke. Yeah, you yeah. don't want them to be friends with her. Yeah. yeah, and you just don't... Yeah, you don't want them to benefit from, you know... I don't know. But they're... I mean, you know, it's a, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating little world that they've created. 
Is that an empty statement to make? No, I know, I know. It's it's not at all. It's it, it you know the fact that. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think back. I always look look at pop culture now and go, "Oh, I'm so angry at all the shit you're making, pop culture." But then I think back to when I was a teenager, and I can I consume some pretty shitty stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just try to imagine, like, yeah, this stuff, you know, it's not for me, and you know, the stuff that I like is a little more obscure, but that makes it, you know, special to me, and I don't know. So maybe I just have yeah, to you have to have that. a general thing for you to react against with with your taste to make your taste seem cooler. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm, How do you like that? I just got bent. Um, I, I have to. Uh, I do actually have to go right now. <laughs> so what, you know what I wanted to find out is when you were growing up. Yeah. Um, just could you just tell uh-huh. a really long yeah, story yeah, yeah, yeah. about how uh, absolutely how school was? Um, no, I I'm sorry. I'm Bobby. It has to make an appearance for a meet and greet right now. You know, now that you say that, I've never seen you and Bobby in the same room at the same time. I know. There is a promo, by the way, for the stand-up special with Fabrice and me together. They shot like a composite thing, nice. which is super weird Don't to have them. Magic, Wait, you're? <laughs> I didn't fucking ruined it. Oh my! Spoiler God. alert. <laughs> I well, we were talking about this beforehand. Like some people are like, no, my characters are separate from me, and like they live. And I'm, I would love that, but I am too. I I want the credit too much. <laughs> Yeah. I want say, the like, credit too much for. I want all the people in high school that put stuff me in trash cans to know that yeah. I something. Yeah, yeah that I'm that I'm. Yeah, that I that I play a, a a bizarrely vicious gay Latin craft services coordinator. <laughs> that that's me. That that's in my heart and mind. Well, we'll let you go. So, but uh, but 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 your special. Um, thank you. Very cool uh, premieres. Comedy <laughs> <on laughs> Central. Thank you, very cool, with Tupac. <laughs> uh, premieres January 29th on Comedy Central at 10? 10, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. On, yes. on Comedy Central. It's probably Eastern time. So, uh, And thank you for... Nick Kroll, thank you for being here on the Thanks, guys. Podcast. Thank you guys for having me. It's very fun. I hope you enjoy your burrito. I agree. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.